What's up, everybody? Conor McGregor versus Dustin Poirier 3 is on the horizon. Enjoy your 4th of July weekend, everybody. Please be safe. Don't do anything too crazy. Um, There's not going to be a show next week. So what's going to end up happening is you got this show. And then there won't be a show until after the Conor McGregor fight. Because there's no fights this weekend, so... We just went into the future and talked about the fights next weekend. So enjoy the fights. I will be doing other stuff. I don't want to say what it is because if I don't do it, I don't want people getting on my case. So there will be other things through other channels going on. I promise. Hopefully. Deuces, guy. Again, enjoy your weekends and be safe. What's going on, everybody? Are you guys excited? Today, we're going to talk about Conor McGregor versus Dustin Poirier 3, the trilogy for all the marbles. We're going to get through a few things first. First, we're going to talk about the results of Cyril Gaon versus Alexander Volkov. Let's get right into that. Cyril Gaon, man. Dude's the truth. 9 and 0, he's fought top flight competition. A lot of people are getting upset because they're saying he's lackluster, but dude, for 9 and 0, fighting the guys he's fighting, we should give him some respect here, bro. Like, we should start putting some respect on his name because, like, what do you want from him? You want him to kill everybody? Like, we all know that the heavyweights, that's what they do, but it's nice seeing a technical fighter like Cyril in the heavyweight division. Um, when him and Francis, if they eventually get in there, which if he wins his next fight is a very high possibility, it's going to be interesting. They used to be training partners, right? Tanner Bozeman versus Oven St. Prue. I knew, I don't want, I don't like saying I knew things were going to happen because it's the fight game, right? You don't know what's going to happen, but I had a feeling it was going to happen because moving up, because. Ovens, he's a tall guy, right? But he's not. He's tall and lanky for the division. He's not big. Like, he's good at 205. That's where he should stay. But when I saw he moved up to heavyweight, and I do understand it was a short notice fight, but I knew the move up wasn't going to work in his favor. At least I believe that. I don't like saying I knew. I believe that much. And then I'm just going to talk about two more fights. Andre Feely versus... I forgot the guy's name, but it ended in an eye poke, right? First of all, Andre's a good guy. Daniel Pineda. Andre's a good guy. I don't think he meant to do it. He's not a dirty fighter. But it's just an accident that happened, right? So, hopefully they'll reschedule it, and it's funny, too, because they called in the doctor. 
the doctor I believe was holding up three fingers and or two fingers and this Daniel Pineda guy says three so so clearly he can't see so they called the fight the last one I'm gonna talk about is Tim Means versus Nicholas Dalby if you guys remember Nicholas Dalby um, in his last fight he beat Danny Rodriguez in November of 2020 so no slouch Tim Means if 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 D-Rod beats Abu Bagnar, I wouldn't mind seeing him fight Tim Means in his next fight. There's a lot of good fights out there, man. Renato Moicano beats Jai Herbert by rear naked choke. Another great fight. Let's move on to the Bellator that happened this past weekend. Valentin Moldanovsky beat Timothy Johnson again. Valentin, another Russian. Can people start agreeing with me that these Russian dudes if are taking con- look control of the whole MMA game? Look, this Valentin Moldanovsky guy just won the interim belt. Ma- Nadim Nankov has the light heavyweight belt. This is just Bellator. Peter Yan is going to fight for the Bantamweight belt in UFC. Askarov Asnar, another Russian dude, they're saying he is very close to fighting for the Flyweight belt. Islam Makhachev, they're all but saying he's going to be the next lightweight champ in the UFC. Hamza Chimaev, he's not from Russia, but he's from Chechnya. Which is pretty close. I mean, come on, guys. Alexander Volkov is still there. Like, come on, guys. Magomed Akilaev. These guys are coming. I just need people to start agreeing with me. Anyway, Valentin Moldanovsky beats Timothy Johnson by unanimous decision. Liz Carmouche beat the brakes off of Kana Wannabe. Like... It's like Liz Carmouche owed somebody money and they're like, hold on, I gotta go beat up this chick real fast. And that's exactly what she did. I believe that earns her the next title shot after Juliana Vasquez fights Kale Holtz. In the, um, not this week, but next week. Because there's no fights this weekend because of 4th of July weekend. It's not even next week. I'm sorry. It's the week after Conor McGregor versus Dustin Poirier. Okay, I'll get into that later. I'm losing myself. Sydney Outlaw controlled Miles Jury and got a rear naked choke. Good fights, man. Good fights. So Valentin Moldanovsky, I guess, is just sitting in the wings. Waiting for Brian Bader either to win the light heavyweight Grand Prix or to lose and just get ready to fight him in his next fight because that's what it's trending towards. PFL, Kayla Harrison, dominated by Armbar, although she didn't win fast enough to get the first seed, so she's the second seed. Raul Manafio beat Anthony Perez. Movid Kahibulev Avev Kalibuliev 
beats Lance Palmer. Dennis Gustav beats Brendan Sales. Risa Pachikio beats Ol Olena Kolsnik. Dang. And the guy that cheated against Fabrizio Verdum, Hennen Ferreira beats Carl Sa Mustafa. Sayamuna Mustafa. I hope I said that right. Probably didn't. But yeah, man, there's a collision course between Kayla Harrison and this Larissa Pachico girl. Pachico. And I wouldn't be surprised if on New Year's Eve, we're all jumping up and down to see both of these girls fight because that's usually what they do. So now the se the semifinals for every weight division are set. And they begin on August 13th with the featherweight and lightweight and so on and so forth. I believe the last date of the playoffs is the 26th. The 27th. And then I believe the championship day is New Year's Eve. I will reach out to PFL to see if I can get more information on that. Okay, so we're going to jump into the Poirier-McGregor predictions. Okay, let's start with Jessica I versus Jennifer Maya. I'll go with Jennifer Maya because of her jujitsu. Ryan Hall versus Leah Chupria. I don't know who that is. Ilya Tapuria. Tapuria. Yeah, I don't know who that is, but for the simple fact that I know who he is. I'm going to go with Ryan Hall. Trevin Giles versus Decruz du Plessis. I'm going to go with Trevin Giles. Nico Price versus Michelle Pijera. E Let me say that again. E That's a good fight. I'm going to go with Michelle Pijera. Carlos Condon versus... Max Griffin. I'm going with the natural born killer, but I have a personal reason for doing that. Because I believe if Carlos wins, he'll be Nick Diaz's next opponent. I believe if Carlos Condit wins this fight, he will rematch Nick Diaz either in early 22 or by the end of 2021. Irene Aldana or Irene Aldana versus Yana Kuznetsnaev. I'll go with Irene. She's really tough, man. Taitu Ivasa versus Greg Hardy. I'm going to go with Bam Bam. Gilbert Burns versus Stephen Thompson. E Again, again, again. E That's a good fight. This one, it depends, right? Because Stephen Thompson, he's like so technical and 
Like, I feel Gilbert is going to have to catch him to knock him out. But I feel Stephen Thompson learned from the Anthony Pettis fight that it's going to be next to impossible to do that to him. So, the technical aspect, I'll give it to Stephen Thompson. But Gilbert, he's got that power, which is an X factor. So, this one's a toss-up. I'm not, I like both of them. I'm not going to give a pick. So, Dustin Poirier versus Conor McGregor for all the marbles. I would also like to know if Sean O'Malley is going to fight Chris Montino. Montino? I guess the dude making his UFC debut. I like O'Malley in, in that. Because O'Malley was supposed to fight Luis Smoker, but Luis Smoker had to pull out due to injury. So, going back. Dustin Poirier versus... Connor McGregor for all the marbles. Everybody tell me if Connor loses this, his his career is over. I'm like, no, it's it's honestly not though, because Connor's made so much money that anything he does, you're gonna watch. Now, is it gonna get to a point where like, can he really beat this guy? That I don't know. But that his career is over, I don't believe it is. He doesn't really need a fight anymore as it is. He just does it because he loves it. But he honestly doesn't need a fight anymore. Okay. With that being said. I'm going to go. Conor McGregor. The reason is. Because I believe this time he's motivated. And I'm going to tell you guys. There were talks. Before this Dustin fight, like it, the Dustin fight was already signed, but if you listen to his coaches leading up to the Dustin fight, I sound like a broken record because I keep saying this. They were talking like he was going to go in there and smoke Dustin because they were already talking about him fighting Manny Pacquiao. Because I believe that was the plan for him to beat Dustin and instead of Manny fighting Earl Spence, even though that's a whole nother story that paradigm sports is suing Manny Pacquiao because I believe they don't have a cut of the deal I don't believe they're not a part of that deal with Manny Pacquiao versus Errol Spence and that's his management team so we'll see so going back to what I was saying I believe the original plan was for Connor to fight Manny Pacquiao right now in August if he would have beat Dustin but since that didn't happen, I believe that Connor didn't take the second fight seriously. And Dustin did. Like, Dustin's a workhorse. Like, Dustin takes everything very seriously. Taking nothing away from Dustin. He did what he had to do. And there was a, this rumor going around that in order for Dustin to get a crazy deal that he got in this third fight, he had to knock Connor McGregor out. I hope that's not true because that just sounds like they're f trying to fix fights in Connor's favor. Like, I honestly hope that ain't true. But if it is, that is nuts. Next level nuts, bro. Again, I hope it's not true. So yeah, I believe Connor's going to be more motivated in this fight. I believe... I hope he doesn't have that boxing stance that he had because then that's just going to leave his leg exposed to the calf kick again. I hope he goes back to his bouncing traditional karate stance. 
You know what I mean? For the for this next one, is John Jones a goat? This the correct answer is yes. As much as people want to say about his PED use, as far as I know, officially, and I didn't pull this up. Which makes me question why I even write notes down because the point of them is for me to search it before I start recording just to give you guys the information. Off the top of my head, John Jones has only failed twice. Off the top of my head, officially, John Jones has only failed a drug test twice. Right before UFC 200, when he was going to fight Daniel Cormier the second time, which ultimately led from Daniel to fight Anderson Silva. And then after they fought the second time, which ultimately ended in Daniel um, fighting, I mean, Daniel being reinstated as the champion. Hold on. Jones was expected to defend against Anthony Johnson on May 25th. However, on April 28th, Jones was stripped of the belt and suspended for years in connection with... Yeah, that's just... In the rematch with Daniel Cormier was scheduled and expected to take place July 9th, UFC 200. However, on July 2016, Jones was removed from the belt by USADA on June 16th after a potential doping violation. That's one. That is one. That's one. Because the first suspension was because of that hit and run he did with that pregnant woman. The rematch with Daniel Cormier took place July 29th. 2017 at UFC 214 at the Honda Center in Anaheim. Jones won the fight and recaptured the UFC light heavyweight championship via knockout in the third round after a head kick and a barrage of strikes on the ground. After the fight, Jones was awarded a performance of the night bonus. After the fight, Jones praised Cormier as a model champion while recognizing his own personal failings. He then challenged Brock Lesnar to a fight. Okay, and then it goes... On August 22nd, it was announced that Jones had been flagged for a potential doping violation by USADA stemming from a sample that was collected after the weigh-ins July 28th. His sample tested positive for terenobol, an anabolic steroid. Jones was placed on provisional suspension as a result. On September 13th, USADA confirmed that both the A and B samples of Jones' tests were positive for Tyrannable. As a result, the California State Athletic Commission officially overturned the result to a no contest. Subsequently, UFC President Dana White made the decision to strip him of the light heavyweight championship and return it to Daniel Cormier. Again, the only time John Jones has failed the test was prior to UFC 200. And then after 
UFC 214. With that, is his legacy tarnished? Yes. My only question to you is, has he lost since these flags? The answer is no, right? The answer is no because he hasn't. Now, people say, oh, but he doesn't look the same. That doesn't matter. Looking lackluster and losing are two different things. You can look like crap and still win. Even though it's barely, you still won. Like, let's look at it, bro. His first title fight. His first title fight. Where Where is it? In the UFC was March 19, 2011. So, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. That one doesn't count. 11, 12, 13. In 13 fights, John Jones went undefeated. There's actually 14, but this is the second Daniel Cormier fight, so I'm not counting it. Now, in the last three against Anthony Smith, Tiago Santos, and Dominic Reyes, has he looked a little lackluster? Sure, but he won all three fights. Don't give me that. John Jones is probably the greatest MMA fighter to ever walk the face of the earth. Okay? The fact that he looks lackluster and all this other stuff is whatever. I want to see. I want to see once he makes his heavyweight debut. And if he wins, we can't say... I'm going to... Please excuse my language, but we can't say shit because after that, he's the GOAT. The dude's the GOAT right now. He should be considered the GOAT right now. I know I always make the the um the argument that he should be taken off the pound-for-pound pound list and make Usman number one, but that's strictly just because he hasn't been active. As soon as John Jones fights and he wins... He should automatically go up to number one again because he deserves it. He deserves it, bro. You look at the facts, John Jones deserves it. Fuck, I left the fan on. Sorry, guys. If there's cracking, I do apologize. It's just really hot. Again, John Jones deserves... To be considered a GOAT. Even with those two failed drug tests. Because he hasn't lost even after them. I mean. Look at Vitor. Vitor was on TRT. Destroying everybody. As soon as he was off it. He lost. As soon as he was off it. Another one. Suspect. Was Henning Burrell. Killing everybody. He never tested positive for anything. But as soon as USADA came in, he started losing left and right. I love you, Hanan Burrell, but you know it's true. You know it's true. That's suspect. My point is, John Jones hasn't lost. So we have to consider him a go, even with these two drug tests. 
So John Jones is the GOAT. I don't care what anybody tells me. He's a GOAT. Habib's possible return. Where is it? I, oh, I have it right here. So, I guess his coach, Javier Mendes, did an uh, interview recently saying that there is a possibility Habib would come back, but there's something that has to happen. So, let's go. The 32-year-old is among the finest exponents of MMA and has had a glittering career during which he's won all his 29 fights. Habib first announced his retirement last year following the death of his father, Abdumanab only into complications of COVID-19, but doubling down on that decision earlier this year after watching UFC 257. His last fight was at UFC 254 against Justin Gaethje, which he won by technical submission. Since then, he hasn't been seen in the cage. His coach, Javier Mendez, however, said that he admitted to missing the feeling of fighting, and while mentioning that a comeback to the octagon, would be impossible two years away from the sport. He didn't exactly rule it out, saying that it's up to discussion between him and his mother. So, for those that for whatever reason listen to this show but don't know what's going on here, Abdulmanab Nurmagomedov was Khabib's father and his head coach. Because of COVID-19, I don't know what he was doing, he got, he got it and it ended up passing away from it unfortunately and in between that time Habib I guess had a discussion with his mother and his mother told him I don't want you to fight because your father's no longer here and he said okay can I just go do this one fight and I will retire at 29 and 0 so let's keep going Mendes told Betway Insider, you know, when we went to the last fight and his cousin Abu Bakhnar was to fight, he just got all energized and said, I miss this feeling. And it was a feeling he's going to miss for a while because of that adrenaline you get from entering that octagon with all those people cheering you on. It's hard to replace that in normal life because normal life is not like that. What I do know is his mother's bond and his mother's wishes are extremely important to him. And if he did ever decide, it would be his mother and him talking and his mother would have to give him her blessing. Even if he wanted to fight, it's not going to happen. He will not disobey his mother. He will not. That's just the kind of guy he is. I can say that comfortably. That after two years out of the octagon, there will definitely be no comeback. Okay. There's video of Habib's father saying, I want you to move up to welterweight and get to 30-0 and 0 and retire. Not the 30-0 and 0 part, but the, the move up to welterweight. They've just said that it, his father's dream was for him to always go to 30-0 and 0 and then retire. Okay. But... He doesn't follow what he would call father's plan anymore. Now it's mother's plan and her plan is for him not to fight. So he's going to respect that. But that he would come back. Like he says he misses it. But it would have to be him and his mother. The article goes on to say. 
I definitely say that when he's in his prime, definitely not because he's not going to compete when he's not able to compete. But I can honestly say that he's still in his prime. There's always the possibility that he and his mother could talk and I can say that. It's been almost a year since I, we last saw Khabib in the octagon. And fans would definitely like to see him back, even if it is for one last time. Again, the only person I see him coming back for is GSP, but I don't see GSP coming back. Honestly, they should make him fight Kamar Usman at 170. That's for legacy right there. That's for legacy right there, bro. Trust me on that. Luke Rockhold is trying to come back. Luke Rockhold. According to Luke Rockhold. He was offered a fight twice with Hamza Chimaev. And Chimaev turned it down. It says, it appears that Hamza Chimaev turned down a fight with former UFC middleweight champion Luke Rockhold. Ariel Hawani revealed that Rockhold had informed him that Chimaev declined to fight the former champion on August 28th in a middleweight main event matchup. It is suggested that Chimaev has plans to stay at welterweight. Rockhold is now looking to a top-ranked 185 fighter in his return to the division later this year okay and there's also rumors that the reason he didn't want to fight Luke Rockhold was because Habib is training Rockhold now I don't believe that to be true I believe that COVID put a scare in Hamza and I believe he just doesn't want to risk any unnecessary risk so we'll see what happens but talk about top ranked Middleweight, let's see who would fit the bill for Luke Rockhold. And I'm going to give him like a realistic matchup because honestly, you could give him the winner of Uriah Hall versus Sean Strickland. That's an honest matchup because Uriah Hall is number 8 and Sean Strickland is number 11. You could give him Edmund Shabazian. Jack Hermanson. I believe Marvin Vittori is going to end up fighting Paulo Costa. So yeah, I like the I like the winner of Sean Strickland versus Uriah Hall. That'd be a good fight for Luke Rockhold. Um, recently there was some announced fights for the UFC. We already talked about Sean O'Malley's new fight. Dude, did I skip? I skipped this part, huh? In my notes. I haven't talked about it at all. Okay, well, I'm going to end on that, so because I do have information on that, I'll end on it after I do the current events. So, announce fights. Tatiana Suarez is going to take on Roxanne Marferi on September 25th. 
and then Chris Montinho. Mautinho, yeah, I think that's how you say it. It's going to take on Sean O'Malley on July 10th. And there's one more fight, but we'll get into that later. Gervonta Davis knocks out Mario Barrios. That's a, that was a, Yeah, that's his name. Bro, I didn't see the fight, but I saw highlights. Going into, like, the eighth round... I don't know if Mayweather did this on purpose, but bro, it worked. He goes, he goes. Hey, he tells Gervonta's trainer, he goes, hey, on the unofficial scorecards, you're down. And like Gervonta Davis starts complaining, he's like, what, what, what? He's going, no, 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 it's unofficial. So this guy gets up and starts blasting Mario Barrios. That he knocks him down. I believe he finished him in the 11th round. And then the when everybody saw the official scorecards. And they all had Javante Davis winning. And everybody was like. Oh man. Maybe Floyd did that to just light a fire under him. Bro it worked. It worked. Good on you Floyd. It worked. I can't be mad at that. It worked. So what's next for Javante Davis? It's Ryan Garcia, bro. I mean, come on. Quit playing with me. It's Ryan Garcia. Yes, I know Ryan Garcia had mental health issues. That's why he hasn't fought since, I believe, the Luke Campbell fight. But he says he's back, so come on, bro. Ryan Garcia. Can we please get that fight? That's the fight I want to see. I think Tank beats him, but I still want to see the fight. Vasil, how do you say his name? Vasily Lomachenko versus I have yeah it's right here Vasily Lomachenko versus Maya Masayoshi Nakatani, bro that was a massacre. That was a massacre, like, if that Lomachenko would have showed up to beat Lopez, fight Lopez, Lopez would have been done skis, but Lomachenko was fighting with the shoulder injury, I'm not making excuses, Lopez wins, so you gotta give him his credit, but Lomachenko was fighting with the shoulder injury, that makes the rematch 50 times more intriguing because if this Lomachenko shows up, I believe he regains the belts. And Timofimo and his dad have said that after the Kambosis fight, they will rematch Valesi Lomachenko because after that he's going to move up. Because unfortunately, the reason the Kambosis fight hasn't happened for Lopez is because he got COVID. Let's hope he has a speedy recovery. And they're saying he might not fight again until October. So we might not get Lomachenko versus Timofimo 2 until 2022. Let's hope he makes a speedy recovery. They're saying he's good in the sense that he's already out. He's not sick or anything. But he can't probably physically start training real hard just yet. So we'll see what happens. I can't wait. This is going to be a short podcast because I'm just going to do 
a couple current events and then I'm gonna talk about one last thing and I'm gonna let you guys out of here Sean Brady versus Kevin Lee rebooked for August 28th UFC event yeah they were supposed to fight this weekend but Kevin Lee got some type of injury a welterweight bout between Sean Brady and Kevin Lee now has a new date UFC officials announced Tuesday that the welterweight matchup between Brady and Lee will now take place at the promotions event on August 28th. The fight was supposed to take place at UFC 264 next Saturday. But Lee was forced to withdraw due to injury. Brady has won all 14th of his pro bouts, including a 4-0 start in the UFC. The Philadelphia native enters the contest number 14 in the promotion at 170 pounds and owns back-to-back -back submission wins over Christian Aguilera and Jake Matthews. Lee will return to action for the first time since his March 2020 submission loss to Charles Oliveira. Motown Phenom suffered a torn ACL in his knee that required major surgery just three months after that initial surgery. Lee was forced to go under the knife for ACL replacement on his opposite knee. Dang, the August 28th event does not have a, an officially announced location or venue, but is expected to take place at the UFC Apex. Dang, that has to suck for Kevin, but at least he's better now, so we'll see what ha what's up. I like Kevin a lot. Let's see, Habib Nurmagomedov makes prediction. For Conor McGregor versus Dustin Poirier 3. Conor McGregor will try to make the necessary adjustments to avenge his previous loss to Dustin Poirier when they clash for the third time at UFC 264 on July 10th. Despite whatever changes the Irish superstar may implement into his training camp, retired UFC legend and former McGregor rival Habib Nurmagomedov expects the trilogy to feature the same intangibles as the last fight back in January. According to Nurmagomedov, the best chance McGregor has to beat Poirier is to get off to his signature fast start where he demolishes a number of opponents in the opening round. If the fight goes beyond the initial five-minute sessions, however, the undefeated Russian believes that the scales will take decisively in Poirier's favor. Once again, same thing here. The first round is for Connor. He can take it, Nurmagomedov said, when asked for his prediction on the fight by UFC Russia. If he doesn't win in the first round, then Dustin Poirier wins. In their most recent meeting, McGregor did have a fast start as usual, but Poirier was able to fend off the best punches while doing a lot of damage with a series of crippling cap kicks. By the time the second round started, McGregor was struggling to put weight on his lead leg as Poirier continued to chop away at his foundation. Eventually Poirier started to go back up to the top of the head which led to the knockout as he exacted his revenge from the first fight when McGregor finished him by knockout in the opening round. Now the lightweights will look to settle the score once and for all and Magomedov obviously believes the dynamics surrounding the fight are just the, the same. So Khabib thinks Dustin Poirier is going to win. I disagree, but 
We'll see. Okay, last one, last one. Where'd it go? Morning reports. George St. Pierre teases possible return to combat sport in a couple of years. Never say never. Though it seems unlikely George St. Pierre will ever set foot inside the octagon again, don't count out the 40-year-old from ever competing in combat sports again. It may, it may just take a while. St. Pierre is one of the most accomplished fighters in MMA history and since retiring from the sport in 2019, rumors of a return to fighting have never been far off. Primarily, St. Pierre's name was used in connection with former UFC lightweight champ Habib Nurmagomedov. However, earlier this year it was revealed that St. Pierre was ready to jump on another opportunity, a boxing match against another legend, Oscar De La Hoya. Unfortunately for all involved, the super fight was nicked by the UFC, who still has St. Pierre under contract. UFC President Dana White's decision to put the kibosh on St. Pierre's boxing dream upset many people, most notably the would-be promoter of the super fight thriller. However, St. Pierre at the least is taking the high road. Trust me, if this fight would have happened, I would have moved to Los Angeles to Freddie Roach's gym and made a full training camp, leaving no stone unturned, St. Pierre told SI.com. Unfortunately, Dana White didn't want it. It is what it is. I can't be mad at him. People have said to take him to court, but that makes me look like a bad guy, and I don't want to spend money on lawyers and all that. Though St. Pierre has always kept his comments about the UFC respectful, he and the organization have been have not been on the best terms over the last several years. After St. Pierre walked away from the sport in 2013, White was irate at the action of the, his champion and the pay-per-view star. When St. Pierre then wanted to come make a comeback in 2017 to challenge for the middleweight title, his negotiation with the UFC were prolonged and involved a re-upping of his fight contract, including a provision stating that St. Pierre would defend the UFC middleweight title should he win it. Is that, is that contract would still hold sway over St. Pierre's career. However, according to the former two-division champion, he won't be locked into it forever, and once he's free, opportunity abounds. My contract with the UFC will finish in almost two years, and I will be free, and I will still be in shape, St. Pierre said. I'm still a fighter and an entertainer. If there's an exhibition fight or a novelty fight for charity, then never say never. Since his official retirement from the sport in 2019, St. Pierre has maintained he won't return to competition unless the right opportunity comes along for his legacy. He already been denied those opportunities twice by the UFC with Oscar De La Hoya and Nurmagomedov. Perhaps in a few years, the third time will be the charm. Damn, so. His contract for when he signed with the UFC to fight Michael Bisping is still the active contract, but I guess they have some sort of statute of limitations that if after X amount of years you don't fight, the contract is void or something like that. I don't know. Okay, one last thing. So, 
on Monday. When when did they announce this? Two days ago. On Tuesday. Let's just say on Tuesday. I don't remember. There's a f- an official announcement that Derek Lewis is gonna fight Cyril Gain for the UFC the UFC heavyweight interim title. And we're like, what? Hold up, bro. Hold up. Francis just won that back in March. How are you doing an interim title already? So, I reached out to his manager. His manager got back to me. His manager goes. We don't know what's going on. We were offered three fights. No, no, no. Not three fights. A fight with Derek Lewis for three dates. One in June, one in August, and one in September. He goes, we accepted the one in September. So, I don't know what's going on. At the end of the day, the UFC makes a decision. Something He, he told me something along those lines. So yesterday, I sent him another message. He got back to me. I asked him. I'm like, so is the plan now for Francis to fight the winner by the end of the year? He goes, I would hope so. But at the end of the day, with the relations between us and the UFC, it's up to the UFC at this point. And then I heard a rumor. I can't confirm or deny this because I've had, I have asked the question, but nobody has gotten back to me regarding this. Hold on. Let me check before I say anything else. Let me check to make sure. Yeah, nobody has gotten back to me regarding this rumor. So, I heard a rumor saying... That one of the big hurdles in getting Francis to sign to fight Lewis in September was that the UFC wants him to sign a brand new contract, which Francis doesn't want to sign because then that'll block him from chasing his ultimate dream, which would be boxing for a world heavyweight title. I can't confirm or deny that part because I don't know if that part is true or not. It's a rumor I heard. And I haven't talked to the people connected to the situation to say yes or no. But the day the interim title fight was announced, Dana White goes on Twitter and gets into a public dispute with Francis' manager, the guy I talked to. It goes... On Monday, it was announced that Cyril Gain and Derek Lewis would meet for the interim title fight at UFC 265 in August. The announcement came just three months after Ngannou won the heavyweight title with a violent knockout of Stipe Miocic making the UFC's decision curious to many as interim titles are, are not generally created so quickly. Ngannou responded to the situation by pointing out that 
He had been in a similar situation of being ready for a title shot, but the UFC chose not to add the interim title to his b- battle with Yazinho Rosenstrike in May 2020. That fight came during a stretch of slightly more than a year where then-champion Miocic was recovering from eye surgery before fighting Daniel Cormier for a third, for a third time. I was going to say fight. And this is Francis' tweet. I remember my interim title fight against Zinho Rosenstrike. And he goes, oh, wait, with like a emoji looking up and with like a frown. This comes as a complete shock to make an interim title so soon. If you look at the history of the division, it comes as a surprise. Francis is just now returning to the States to begin training. And he just won the title three months ago. And Ghanu's agent, Marquel Martin, told ESPN's Brett Akamoto, we're unsure what the reason behind this is, but we hope to get it clarified soon and figure something out with the UFC soon. At the end of the day, they're in control of these decisions. UFC President Dana White took issue with the statement from Martin, who's part of a powerful talent agency, CAA responding to an Akamoto social media post. This dude is full of shit, White wrote. He knows exactly what's going on and isn't shocked at all. Because we told him several times this was coming. His management is incompetent and hopefully Francis starts taking a look at new people to help his career. White has a long history of attacking fighters and their representation, but CAA is a powerhouse in the talent agency industry representing massive names from sports, television, and the film world. Martin did not back down from White's comments instead of upping the intensity and daring White to release all the emails, calls, and texts. Regarding the situation and stating that he has no fear of being blackballed by the promotion, Complete shock with your decision after we said yes to September, Martin wrote in reply to White's Instagram post. Complete shock that you guys made all these threats after you were all aware. Complete shock after you knew why Francis needed more time. That is correct. I know you're passionate, but you are trying to discredit my integrity when I've been nothing but respectful to you. Hunter Campbell and your entire staff speaks about you more than it does me. I'm not even mad. I'm actually impressed that I've gotten your attention. Incompetent management, I think we've done a damn good job. I think you really don't like the fact that Francis is being represented by not only me, but an entire agency. One in which you can't control hands, why you have people trying to rep him all the time to your benefit, laughing, crying emoji. I t- I'll tell you what. Let's disclose everything for people to see. Emails, calls, texts, everything. Deal? Because I'm ready to get blackballed by UFC. I'm not defined by it. You or anyone else for that matter. How's that sound? Sincerely, sincerely your old employee, Marquel Martin. 
Dang, this guy is freaking awesome, and I talked to him. He seems like a nice guy. He's super nice to me. This guy's awesome, bro. Sorry, Dana, I love you. But you're awesome too, but that's just cool. He wasn't scared to go toe to toe with the boss, man. Man, I don't know, cause like that's the missing piece of the puzzle, right? Like I reached out to the UFC, nobody's going back to me. I will reach out again. I reached out to Mr. Martin here. He hasn't gotten back to me. He's probably sick of me. But if that's if that's the missing piece, wouldn't the sol the fastest solution be for Francis to fight out his contract and just vacate the title? Like let's say he has three fights left on his deal. You fight Derek Lewis. You have two fights left. You fight one more time by the end of the year. And then you fight in 2020, and then you just do the 90-day no-compete clause, I think is what they do. And that's it. You're free and able to do whatever you want. That would be my advice, but I don't know, man. Because if, if that's the problem, he must not have many fights left on his contract if they're already trying to lock him up for a new deal. I believe he probably has somewhere between one to three fights left. I was going to let you guys go on that, but I forgot to say that Bellator announced that Fedor Emelianenko is coming back in October and is going to be in Russia. And bro, there are some rumors to who his opponent is going to be, and I only care about one, and I want it to be Alistair Overeem, please. And on that note, I will let you guys go. Enjoy your 4th of July weekend. Deuces, guys.